Amanda, remember that time Duchess Georgiana was a feminist style icon? Remember That Time and Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, we're talking about someone that I didn't know anything about until I started researching. (laughs) So this topic was suggested by a listener named Anea. I think I said your name right. Really sorry if I didn't. Um, (laughs) But she suggested Georgiana Cavendish, the Duchess of Devonshire. That's awesome. Thank so you. we're going to learn about her today. Yeah, I'm excited. But before we do that, do you want a drink update? Of course. Okay. Today, I'm having white wine. Ooh, who is she? Who is she? She's the girl who just got her Blue Apron wine box and is <laughs> trying something new. It's very good. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Because it's good for you. (laughs) It is so funny to watch you while we're recording. So for those of you who may not have listened to the past couple of episodes, we've started recording over Zoom with video calls, which we weren't doing before. So now we can see each other while we're recording. It's very weird and very different. So I just watched you like take a sip of your water and like lean back dramatically. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's going to be a weird one. Okay. Yep. Uh, Let's been, jump right on into it. We've been it. stuck inside for a while, so. <laughs> We're all going a weird. little nuts. <laughs> yeah. As of as of recording, today is my day 39 of quarantine. I have no idea. I like, only know because Hannah Hart keeps track on her Instagram stories, and I'm one day behind her. <laughs> so. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Georgiana. Yes, please. So she is born Miss Georgiana Spencer on June 7th, 1757. That's a lot of sevens. Yes, it is. I can't believe I didn't trip up. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Um, At her family home, which is called Althorpe. I love homes that have names. Same. I am so into that, by the way. Uh, Yes. Old English manor homes with names is the greatest. (laughs) Yeah. And they have more than one. Yeah. So, like, she has one when she gets married, too. So Nice. We'll get to that. Um, So her father is John Spencer, who later becomes Earl Spencer. Sure. And her mother is Georgiana Spencer, who later becomes Countess Spencer. So uh, she has two younger siblings, Henrietta and George. And I just found this interesting. Henrietta's daughter, Lady Caroline Lamb, would later become a writer and lover of Lord Byron. That's very interesting. So we're off to a good start with the fun facts. For Love that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, so Georgiana's father, John, comes from a wealthy English family, of mm-hmm. course. And he builds a residence at St. James's in London, um, which is where the children are raised. So she's okay. raised in London. Georgiana is said to have been her mother's favorite. And her mother refers to her as Little G. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. And they have a very close relationship. And a lot of their letters to each other are still out there. 
Awesome. Um, so Always good. I don't know exactly where to find them, but hey, if you're into researching that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, also, okay, so because I hadn't heard of her before, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, a lot of this info is going to come from, like, her Wikipedia entry. Because um, it was pretty thorough. But I also got some info from EnglishHeritage.org. UK, and I also got some from regencyhistory.net. So more reading can be found in those locations if you're interested. So in 1761, Georgiana's father assumes the title of Viscount Spencer, which gives Georgiana the title the Honorable Georgiana Spencer, which I love. (laughs) That's fantastic. Makes her sound like a judge. Yes. Imagine being like four years old and being called the Honorable. <laughs> That's so good. The Honorable Miss Spencer. <laughs> the Honorable Toddler Miss Spencer. <laughs> she didn't have a kid court, but she could have oh, presided over one. Kid court. Hey, did you miss my punchline? I will never forget kid court. Did you miss my punchline? What was it? She got hype about kid court. I said she didn't have a kid court, but she could have presided over one. Oh, my God. Hey. I miss kid court. I mean, maybe we'll come back to it someday. It's delightful. In 1765, Georgiana's father becomes Earl Spencer, which gives her the title of Lady Georgiana Spencer. Right, right. And puts her in a pretty good position for marriage which we will now discuss. <laughs> um, so on June 7th, 1774, her 17th birthday, Georgiana is married at Wimbledon Parish Church to William Cavendish, who is the fifth Duke of Devonshire. And he's 25 when they get married. Okay. So not the weirdest age gap we've ever had. We've had worse. Not that bad, actually. No, it's not. It's still not great. Because she is 17. No. But it's not terrible. Now I would say, uh uh-uh, big no. But back then, it kind of makes sense. It's all right. Yeah. So when she gets married, she becomes Duchess of Devonshire. Right, right. I'll refer to her a little bit as the Duchess and him the Duke sometimes, depending on how it's listed in my notes. Where is uh, Devonshire? Um, That's a good question. I just need to place it in my brain. Um, so, it is in southwest England. Okay. I'm not sure what it's near. All right. Can't help you. I (laughs) am not uh, terribly familiar with England's geography. I just wanted to know what part of England. Oh, yeah. Southwest. (laughs) There you go. Asked and answered. Um, so the Duke and Duchess do not have a very happy marriage. Unfortunate. He's very reserved, and she is very emotional, and he cannot meet her emotional needs. Okay. Um, he also has many adulterous relationships. Sure. We'll discuss one now. Um, <laughs> before they were married, the Duke had fathered an illegitimate child. Okay. Charlotte Williams. So already not off to a super great start. Mm-hmm. Georgiana doesn't know about this child until a few years into their marriage. Oh, wow. And then the child's mother passes away and Georgiana decides to raise Charlotte herself. Wow. 
And she actually has a pretty good relationship with Charlotte. She writes to her mother and says something like she's she's very pleased with her. Well, good for her, because that's a lot to find out. Yeah, right? Barely into your marriage. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, and because they don't really get along, there's a lot of, like, emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgiana has a lot of trouble producing an heir, and she suffers some miscarriages, as it's pretty common then. Um, very, a, a common theme in this podcast. We're very yeah. familiar. Yeah. Eventually she does, and we'll get to that. Right. Um, but she has a lot of trouble getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, jo- okay. So Georgiana also has many, this is a quote, quote unquote, romantic female friendships. Excellent. Which basically means she like the women. Excellent. Um, I'm 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 inclined to believe that she was probably bisexual. Sure. But I don't know. That's just based on what I've read about her. Obviously. I don't know her. She can't tell me. Love that Um, for her. Love that for her. Love that for her. So cute. Love that for her. (laughs) Um, So there are a couple. Side side note. Romantic female friendships is a really fun way to put that. One that I have not seen before. What is it that people usually say? Like gal pals? Gal pals. Or. They're yeah, just gals being pals. They're just gals being pals. This one at least says romantic. Most of the time, it's just like close female friends. Like we well, all I think, know what that means. I think that they phrase it that way because there's no evidence that she had sexual relationships with right. them. I mean, she might have, but there's there's mm. just no way of knowing that. So right. I think they phrase it that way because in her letters, the they come off as romantic. Yes, I mean Eva Gore Booth lived with a woman her entire life and wrote about the rights of women living yeah. with other women and people yeah. still don't call her a lesbian. So it's yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, well, hello. She was... <laughs> there was no hiding it with her. None. She lived with her her whole life. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I'm not being shy about it. She you know? super wasn't. <laughs> just call it what it is. And yet, we still won't just do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a side rant, but I just enjoyed <laughs> romantic female friendships. That's a yeah, new one. I haven't good. heard that one before. So the, she had a few. There were, like, a couple that were, like, close friends with her that she would write to, and they would kind of be like, I am not sure that I'm on the same page. Oh. Um, and Because she was very, again, emotional, and she would really express herself in her mm-hmm. letters. Um, but the most significant of these relationships came in 1782. Uh, Georgiana and William traveled to Bath and there they meet Lady Elizabeth Foster, who's known as Bess. And I'll refer to her as Bess for cool. the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Bess had separated from her husband. And she was having a lot of financial difficulties. So Georgiana invites Bess to come and stay with them. Excellent. And they become very close friends. Mm-hmm. Georgiana and Bess. Like, really close. And then... I don't know if you're reading ahead in the notes, but here we go. William takes Bess as a mistress. Twist! (laughs) And Georgiana is so emotionally dependent on Bess that they establish, like, officially a menage a trois, (gasps) which is essentially like a a polyamorous three-way relationship. But there's not really proof that Bess and... Georgiana were like physically intimate, but, but like, they were certainly in some sort of relationship. Come on, I mean, that, they were in a, an yeah. emotional relationship at least. 
That is interesting. Yeah. So so Bess lives with them permanently. Wow. And openly lives with them as a married couple. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. And Bess and William have two illegitimate children. Sure. Caroline, Rosalie, St. Jules, and Augustus Clifford. And we're going to come back to Bess later. Okay. Um, It's very interesting because there were some that believed that Bess was really taking advantage of Georgiana's position Mm. and trying to, you know... Work her way up in the world. Move herself up in society. Hard to say. Right. But we are going to loop back around to her. Okay. A little later. Um, But throughout their marriage, Georgiana also has sexual relationships with other men. Okay. Um, Socially, she's not permitted, quote unquote, to officially take a lover until or unless she produces an heir. So that is fascinating. I know, isn't it so weird? I, and that makes sense to me because they want to make sure that the child is the uh, yeah actual heir. But like right. that, there is a socially acceptable time to not be in a relationship with your husband anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> think back. I guess. If I think back, I've been rewatching The Tudors recently, which I won't get started on because I have a whole archive of podcast episodes on them that you can listen to if you want to hear my real thoughts. Um, but, like, it was not at all acceptable for women then. No. To have a, So I guess you could say it's an improvement that but you it's, could it, do it's it without not, being, like... It's not really, quote, unquote, acceptable it's just that there are un- spoken, unspoken well, societal rules. I, I get acceptable is relative, right? Like, is it acceptable for someone who's very popular? Yeah, maybe. Sure. And she, she, she does become very popular, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So, huh. I don't, it's very that's interesting. Just, that's so interesting that there are societal rules for when it is and isn't okay to cheat on your spouse. I mean, you know, they had a lot of time on their hands, I right. guess. <laughs> and there is also the problem of divorce in that society, and that adds mm-hmm. to that. But it's just uh-huh. like, oh, man, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like at this point, they had all kind of decided as a society, like, we're all doing it anyway, right? It's true. Because <laughs> they were. They were. The upper class, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Georgiana does end up having children with William. Um, on July 12th, 1783, uh, Lady Georgiana Dorothy Cavendish is born, and she is called Little G of her parents. Mm-hmm. On August 29th, seven, 1785, Lady Harriet Elizabeth Cavendish is born. They call her Hario, which is the worst <laughs> nickname of all time. Hario! <laughs> it's really bad. It's bad. I hate it. Poor thing. And on May 21st, 1790, Georgiana finally produces a male heir, um, William George Spencer Cavendish, whose title becomes the Marquess of Hartington, and they call him Hart. Sure. Which is definitely better than Hario. Yep. So that house is full of children at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, although I don't actually know if Bess's children lived with them. I didn't find it that anywhere. Right. I, I bet they at the very they did, least but socialized with the other children because when you Unless they were sent away to like live with her relatives, I don't know. Or to like schools or something. Yeah. I didn't find anything on that. Um I also didn't look very hard, so Counting the else, child that was be- from before they were married, that's six yes. kids. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. For, like, a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and Georgiana insists on nursing her own children instead of having a wet nurse, which is her. not common. And I read somewhere, but I didn't put it down, so I can't remember where I read it, that um, she she really became very maternal after her first daughter was born and, like, very much embraced that sure. um, feeling. So, Georgiana has now had a son. Mm-hmm. Which means she can now officially take a lover. Sure. So she begins a relationship with Charles Gray, who later becomes Earl Gray. <laughs> like, like the, the tea. tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he even later eventually becomes the prime minister of the UK oh. from November 1830 to July 1834. Interesting. Yeah. So he's uh, pretty important. Mm-hmm. And... I think a lot of people claim that, like, he was the great love of her life. I disagree. I think Bess was probably the great love of her life. I mean, yeah. But but I think she did love him. I think she did love him. Um, she Well, you could, or we're talking about how she's a very emotional person. I feel like she yes. has, like, a, a good, a, a large capacity to passionately love more than one person. I like, am certain that Georgiana deeply loved every person that, that she was she close with became affectionate with yeah, yeah yeah um so okay we're gonna jump a little bit here i'm gonna cover this bit just know that we will loop back loop around to back. it okay. again okay so georgiana becomes pregnant by charles in 1791 gosh another one. Oh my god yeah well you know what are you gonna do <laughs> i know it's just so many children and like but I this know is that the they... first time that georgiana has one that's not legitimate so yes, you know true. i think her track record is a little bit better oh, than her oh husband's. no i'm not i'm not against it i'm just saying so many children in this house at this point <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah well mm, <laughs> hang on to that so she's sent away to have the child oh she's okay sent, she's sent to france um and she is very much convinced that she's gonna die in childbirth Ooh. as you might be uh-huh. at that point and um like writes a letter to her son that's just like know that i loved you so much i don't remember exactly what it said and he um, would have only been like a year old at that point mm-hmm. yeah what did i say 1790 yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah 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 um but she gives birth to a daughter eliza courtney on february 20th 1792 and um they're both healthy eliza and georgiana good good but she is forced to give eliza up and eliza goes to live with charles's family and is raised there later on she is permitted to visit her and she like gives her gifts and they have a pretty you know an okay enough relationship right that's still rough though yeah. Because she raised her husband's illegitimate child, and what a bummer that she was not able to raise her own illegitimate child. Yeah, right? Seriously. <laughs> that she gave yeah. birth to. <laughs> you are very right. I wasn't even thinking about that. But, like, why was she, like, you know what? You had this kid before we were married. 
I'm going to raise it anyway because I'm a good person. But then when she has one, they're like, nah, 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 nah. Sucks. Can't happen. You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's oh, a bummer. That makes me mad. Yeah. I'm just remembering we can't curse on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> so during her pregnancy, she's basically exiled in France. Yikes. While, she, while she's pregnant with Charles Gray's child. Um, and we're going to come back to her the years after her exile later. Um, she really struggles with being away from her children. Mm-hmm. And essentially, <laughs> I'm going to read this quote because I thought it encapsulated it very well. <laughs> Conceded to her husband's hypocritical demands and denounced her love for Charles Gray. Snap, snap, and, snaps. Yes. End quote. Um, in order to return to England. Um, yeah, big hypocritical. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. And then records of her exile in France are then just, like, erased from the family history because she was like, yes, you're right. I am terrible. Ugh. Forget that guy. So she raises her husband's illegitimate child, falls in love with a woman, and then her husband takes that woman as a lover. And she says, that's okay. We can all be in a relationship together. I'll make that happen. And then she's finally able to take her own lover and falls in love with this guy and then her husband's like you're not allowed to do that are you hitting me yeah i was thinking about this when i was doing my notes and i was like man georgiana's story and we're not even done with it yet but the parts about her marriage really encapsulate how hypocritical society was towards women at the time and especially I'm not saying, that up, the way that upper class society yeah, treated women i'm yeah. not saying that like other people didn't have it worse right because they definitely did but it's like so illustrative of it's how that whole system worked the exact type of scenarios those women were put in all the time yeah yeah and she was even good about it and like tried to be open and like yeah, you know, I mean, there like, aren't a lot of records of her being, like, outwardly jealous. Because or... there are women who would, like, find out that their husbands had illegitimate children and just completely cast them off and say, like, you're not allowed to be a part of this family. I don't want any part. Like, I don't The want children, you, you mean? Yeah, the children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just completely. Well, yeah, she didn't have to do that. No. She didn't have to do that at all. No. Wild. Yeah. So, um, we're going to kind of go back now and just talk more about like her life okay so that's that's a lot about her marriage and then while all that is happening here's here's the other other stuff that's happening (laughs) yeah the other things about georgiana sure so she is considered to be a fashion icon excellent (laughs) georgiana set the fashions for her time she i like this quote the fashionable styling of her hair alone reached literally extraordinary <laughs> heights above her exuberant costume. That's amazing. She would wear things like three foot high ostrich feathers. Oh my God. Or, you know, like she eventually would start wearing like free flowing muslin dresses with the ribbon tied around Ooh. the waist. And then everybody else started doing that. She led the way for fashion for her time in her society. I'm looking at pictures of her now. And yes, Oh yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Wanna look. Um, yeah, she she was fashion queen. The hair is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's very like Marie Antoinette. Yeah, yes. 
And she knows Marie Antoinette. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. They, they're friends. Um, so we're actually going to talk about it now. So she uses her position as a socialite to gain influence and to contribute to politics, science, and literature. Awesome. So she's very well-versed. Love that. She keeps salons around her, so, like, groups of people mm-hmm. that include literary and political figures, and I am going to list some of them. The Prince of Wales, who later becomes King George IV. Okay. Uh, Marie Antoinette and her favorite in court, so her, you know, her her guy on the side. Um, Charles Gray, of course. Mm-hmm. And also Lady Melbourne, who's the lover of the Prince of Wales. Wow. And, you know, other notable people, but those are kind of the main ones. So she's very good friends with these people and has a lot of influence over them. Wow. Uh, Because she's so, people like her. She would make a great period TV show. Mm. Her life would make a really good period TV show. I think there was a movie about her, and I think Kira Knightley played her Ooh! Sign me up. That sounds excellent. Yes. It's called The Duchess. It was in 2008. It was Karen Knightley. Good to know. Because this is like, everything about this is like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what famous person can we get to play Marie Antoinette? Put her in a TV show. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they're friends. Put her in a show. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So the Spencer family, which is Georgiana's fa- family, her father's mm-hmm. family, are supporters of the Whig Party. Okay. So Georgiana's husband has a position that doesn't really allow him to get involved in politics. Mm -hmm. But she says, oh, but I can. Excellent. And she's very political. She becomes one of the first female political activists. Um, In 1778, she encourages women to promote the Whig Party. She really wants women involved in politics. Get it, girl. She believes in the Enlightenment. She campaigns for Whig policies, which are anti-crown and advocated for liberty against tyranny. I mean, she's pretty radical. Love that for her. her. <laughs> um, and she co- she campaigns actively for her distant co- cousin Charles James Fox, who's the leader of the Whig Party. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1784, he's struggling to keep his seat. And she literally goes out and, like, walks around the streets and campaigns for people to vote for him and, like, to support him. Dope. So when I say actively campaigns, I don't mean she's, like, sitting in a party writing saying, letters. Everyone and t- should, you know, vote yeah, for she's my like, cousin. She's, like, walking around the streets. Handing out pamphlets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, The Prince of Wales, who... who by the way, whose father is the tyrant King George the Third, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we know him in America. Yes, um, he was always happy to go against the grain of his father. <laughs> Love that for and, him. <laughs> and the Prince of Wales joins the Whig Party because Georgiana joins is, is a Whig. Wild, yeah. And years later, Georgiana is instrumental in persuading the the different political parties to work together. And eventually is part of forming the Ministry of All Talents in 1806. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. I like her so much. <laughs> She's really interesting. Um, she was also a writer. She was published many times. 
um, both prose and poetry. Uh, in 1773, her first work is published, and it is called Emma, or The Unfortunate Attachment, a sentimental novel, which is maybe my favorite title Quite for a, a book title. Ever. There's a semicolon and a colon in that title. And a comma. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Beautiful. In 1778, The Sylph is published. Um, it's a novel with autobiographical elements of Georgiana's life. So there was speculation that that work may have been written by Sophia Briscoe because there's a receipt at the British Library that suggests that Briscoe was paid for it. Mm. Um, but it is more likely that Briscoe may have served as like an intermediary between Georgiana sure. and the publisher so that she could be anonymous. Uh, and there were a couple other works, but those were kind of the more interesting ones. Sorry, I had to look up what a sylph was because I couldn't remember. It's an air oh. spirit. I knew it was like something <laughs> mythological and I couldn't remember and it was bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's literature. Now let's talk about science. The, she is. <laughs> She's got a so little bit of everything. Well versed. I love this. Yeah. I'm having a great time. I'm really <laughs> sad her marriage sucked so bad, but the yeah. rest of this is fantastic. Well, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Every time there are some low points. We'll get to it. Sure. But for now, let's talk about science. So Georgiana plays a role in opening the Nomadic Institution in Bristol, which is a medical research facility. Okay. Along with the physician Thomas Beddoes. Um, she's also related by marriage to pneumatic chemist Henry Cavendish, who is credited with the discovery of hydrogen. That's why the last name sounded yeah. familiar. I knew I had heard the last name Cavendish before. Yeah, so her husband's related to him. Okay. But she had a, a very big Right, interest. her interest in science related back yeah. into all that. And she also builds a collection of crystals or some places said minerals, so I don't know, like, exactly what it looked like. Right. I'm picturing, like, crystal crystals. Yeah. Like, like people buy in stores now. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at her home at Chatsworth. That's dope. Yeah. Now for the less positive <laughs> bit. Georgiana has a pretty bad gambling addiction. Oh, that's rough. Like, real freaking bad. Ugh. Like, at one point, her debt is up to over 300,000 pounds. She has to write to her mother to bail her out. Oh, my God. And she is, like, insistent on keeping the actual amounts of her debt from her husband. So he knows she's in debt, but he doesn't know <laughs> really by how much. I mean, I get it. Because she lies to him about it. I, I get it. Yeah. And um, her mom is bails her out but is like okay but like you have to tell your husband and she's like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'll tell tell him i'll tell him him." and then she you know she doesn't but Eh, so her her parents bail her out more than once i don't like him i don't need him to know (laughs) yeah yeah um she's got a pretty heavy gambling yikes and like for the rest of her life she's it's pretty bad um the family has a home referred to as the devonshire house naturally mm-hmm. um and while georgiana is you know living and part of the family um 
a group forms called the Devonshire House Circle. Okay. Which is basically Georgiana and her friends. Sure. Um, And they all just get together and the quote says, drank heavily and played deeply. <laughs> play and hard, man. <laughs> work hard, play hard. But mostly just play hard. Do not work hard. Not a lot no. of work happening. Well, she worked hard. She, she not she there. Did. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read another quote here because um, it described it better than I could. Uh, Within the set, Georgiana popularized the Cavendish drawl, an effective manner, an affected manner of speaking that bespoke the aristocrat, which she had learned from the Duke. So basically, it's just like mocking her husband. I love that. It's so funny to me. That's really good. Just hanging out with her friends and mocking her terrible husband and getting very drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot about Georgiana's life. Before and during the time she's with Charles Gray, really. Okay. Um. So we're going to jump back to, like, after her exile. Okay. So when she returns to England after being After she France, has her baby, yeah. Correct. She's a lot less active in society. Sure. And she sort of resigns herself to living a more quiet life. Mm-hmm. Um. William begins suffering from gout, and Georgiana spends a lot of her time caring for him she is too good (laughs) yeah um in 1796 georgiana suffers from an eye infection or illness that was possibly a tumor um she gets treatment for this which leaves her eye scarred and it leaves her blind in one eye so now she's also like a pirate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. She's got a do- like she's all fashionable and she has like a dope eye patch. <laughs> yeah, right. She doesn't start entertaining at the home again until the time of her oldest daughter's um coming out. Oh, okay. Into society. Um and then she starts kind of being more social again and rekindles her friendship with the prince of Wales, and she becomes one of his main advisors. Nice. Really. Um, as her life moves on and into her 40s, she continues to be really sick, probably from an abscess on her liver. Ugh. And on March 30th, 1806, Georgiana dies at the age of 48. Sad. Yeah. She's so young. Yeah. Um, her husband is with her. Her mother's with her, her sister, um, her oldest daughter, um, who was eight months pregnant at the time, by the way, because she had gotten married by this point. Sure. Um, and and Bess was with her as well. Um, and they're all said to be inconsolable. And this is like the first time that her husband really shows any affection to her and like writes this. He just he writes like that he is sad that she's gone. Right. It's like the only time he's ever really affectionate. <laughs> well, I would hope so because she did everything. <laughs> yeah, right? Ugh. Uh, and she's buried at the family vault at All Saints Parish Church, which is now Derby Cathedral um, in Derby. Cool. Um, so I said we were going to get back to Bess. Yes. And now is that time. Okay. So after Georgiana's death, William and Bess marry. Okay. Georgiana's children are not happy about this. That's fair. They don't really like Bess and kind of never have. Um, 
And after William's death in 1811, Bess tries to hold on to the Cavendish properties. Oh. Even though she really has no claim to them because William and Georgiana's son. He's the only legitimate son. He's he has succeeded him uh, yeah. as the sixth Duke of Devonshire. So he has the title now. Oh yeah. So he owns everything. Um and Georgiana is con- or I'm sorry, Bess is trying to get her son legitimized and recognized. Um and the new duke is not having it, so he just pays her off. Sure. Um and that's kind of the end of that their story, but it did get a little wonky at right, the end. Right, yeah. Um, and then one last thing about Georgiana, um, over a thousand of her personal letters are still out there. Um, and Chatsworth, which is the seat of the Duke of Devonshire, uh, houses the majority of her letters in their historical archives. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a shorter one today because she did have a pretty short life. Yeah. Yeah, Um, she did. But that's that's Duchess George. She had a great life, though. She's so interesting. She did. I'm really glad we got that suggestion. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anea, for suggesting it. Yeah, I didn't know Thank anything you. about her. She's such a cool person. I didn't either. It's right up yeah. my alley, though. Yes. And yeah, I, I like that. This is a thing that I always appreciate um, in history when we know about people who would otherwise be a lesser known people because we have like all of their letters and things like. Mm-hmm. The only reason anybody is at all interested in Vincent Van Gogh is because Theo's wife saved all of their letters and pushed for yeah. his paintings to be released to the world. And so there's, yeah. like, so much to be said for keeping that stuff and, like, learning about those people from their own eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, th- I just think it's awesome. I, th- I think that's the best way to learn about people, and I'm always so impressed when we, like, know so much about people because of stuff like that. Yeah, I. it kind of makes me sad that there's no one really to, like, advocate for her in the same yeah. way. Because I feel like she should be more famous. She yeah. was kind of one of the first feminists, yeah. like, ever. A lot a of her work. Well, or at least at least in that English upper class society, at the very least. Yeah, and this was well before suffrage. But she, yeah. she was very much in favor of women being politically mm-hmm. active. And she had... More influence than her husband, that is for sure. Yeah, who she would have loved. Constance Markovich. They would have been blows. Yeah, she would have. Yeah, she would have. Yeah. So that's the Duchess. Yeah, I like really her. Liked, really liked reading about her. I'm going to need to watch that Kira Knightley movie. I know, me too. Because I love Kira Knightley and I also love this woman. So. <laughs> yeah, right? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, again, thank you, Anea, for the suggestion. I do hope I'm saying her name correctly. Um, <laughs> if not, oh, sorry. Um, no, I really am sorry. That came, that came off sarcastic. It, it wasn't. I am sorry. Um, <laughs> if any other listeners have suggestions for topics or if you have comments or questions, you can send them to rememberthatpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at RTTPod. We're also on Facebook. I don't mention it very much just because, like, nobody uses Facebook. But we're on Facebook. If you search the name of our podcast, it'll come up. Yeah. Um, and if you want to throw us a rating or a review on wherever you listen to podcasts, that would be awesome. Share the podcast with your friends. Uh, and if you want to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. 
And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Boom. We hope you're all hanging in there. Mm-hmm. This is quarantine is bonkers. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate that everybody is hopefully staying inside and staying safe. We hope you're safe. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the next episode's going to be. Do you? Me either. Not at all. Cool. No idea. Cool. So standard for us. Yep. All right. Well, um, until next time. Remember that time. Mm-hmm.